Welcome to the Extreme Anime Radio Podcast, powered by Anchor. The opinions expressed on this program do not necessarily reflect the Extreme Anime Radio Podcast in general. Also, portions of the live stream may be edited for podcast release. We appreciate your understanding. Welcome to the Extreme on Radio Podcast. It is August the 3rd, 2020. I'm Neff Canuck. Uh, we're running things from the cave for the summer while Jer enjoys his sojourn up in upper New York State. Uh, so let me put him on the line, so to speak. And I remember which button it was because, of course, again, cold opens, haven't done them in a while, and I'll forget things. So without further ado, let's bring on the boss man. Hello, boss man. Oh, Hi. Yeah, that that that's you, Jr. Not me. <laughs> sojourn? Huh? I don't know if it's a sojourn. You know, this is my fifteenth summer up here. It's kind of like standard uh, standard procedure now. Well, you can say sojourn. You can say you know summer summer work experience. You can also say it's not New York. It's quieter. Unlike around here, where you know now that our favorite stick and puck game is back on the ice. Things have gotten a lot louder. Ah, uh, yes. Uh, we'll talk about that in a second. I'm like, good, good grief. Uh, NHL is getting uh, more popularity now than baseball just because they have things uh, a little more better contained. I, I was going to say, the, the, the problem with baseball right now is the lack of containment is now <laughs> spilling over, and it's like, yeah, this is... Ugh. <laughs> but anyway, before we uh, continue any further, um, thanks everybody for tuning in to this special Monday night installment of the podcast. Uh, the reason we moved this week's podcast to Monday, a couple of reasons. 
Um, this is going to be a busy week for me work-wise up here. Also, next week I have some relatives who are possibly coming up uh, to say hi for a night or two. So um, in the interests of basically trying to get the podcast itself, not much this live show, but in order to try to get the podcast out as quickly as we can, that's why we're going to do this on Monday. And hopefully sometime this week we'll get the podcast out for everybody to um, to hear over on Anchor at anchor.fm forward slash anime radio. So depending how things go uh, with this, um, we'll either keep the schedule that we had announced earlier or maybe we'll make another adjustment. Uh, we'll see how things go. And as per usual, we'll keep you updated on everything on our social media accounts, uh, including Facebook and Instagram and Twitter. Special shout-out also to uh, uh, somebody listening from overseas, uh, Emma Castiel, a.k.a. Cosplay Life, one of the um, cosplayers of Extreme Anime Radio mascot, Sarah Yoshida. She's listening to us right now where it is, uh, I believe, a little past 1 in the morning on Tuesday. So, uh, Emma, thank you so much for tuning in and listening to Neff and I ramble about stuff here on the podcast. Yes, and uh, for those who are listening, I've turned JR down a little bit because apparently he was coming in a bit hot. But here at the Master Control, I can play with switches and I can play with levers. And yes, I do have ultimate control. <laughs> I actually brought my uh, gain down. My gain was super hot compared to, uh, oh, you know something? My gain apparently is deciding to change automatically on its own. That's nice. Okay, you're having the same problems I was having with Windows 10 at one point where the game would randomly go full hot and then nothing with no, yes. with no explanation. So as I said, I've uh, made the adjustment here at Master Control. You no longer have to uh, futz with it, which is actually good because my ears were getting blown out and I had to play with something else on my end. So I'm like, oh, let's hope <laughs> yeah, I can hear and I'm not, you know, having blood coming out my ears, which oh, would be rather great. disgusting. This will also make uh, a nice thing for me to edit once this uh, podcast gets released later. <laughs> yeah, don't forget, folks, if, you're, if you want to hear all the shenanigans, you've got to be here when we're live. Because, of course, things get cleaned up and sanitized, which makes for a rather interesting you know, entertainment when you're in the car, for example, and you listen on Spotify, one of the uh, streaming platforms, and right. you get the latest episode, and you're like, didn't I say, oh, I guess we... You know, gave that the old schnick. Right. Unfortunately, there are some situations where in the course of recording, it's happened to both Neff and myself, something peculiar happens on the hard drive and our words turn into... And those sort of things have to get edited out. <laughs> yes, we, we don't call this the Charlie Brown podcast. No, it's the Extreme <laughs> Anime Radio podcast. Wah, 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 wah. <sighs> Good grief. There you go. Hey, nice, nice segue. <laughs> hey, I got a mind like a steel trap. Rust and illegal in nine out of ten provinces, and the tenth we're not so sure. Speaking of which, before I mm. forget, today is actually a holiday in most of Canada. As oh. to which holiday it actually is, the problem is there are about five different ones scattered throughout the provinces and territories. If I tried to name them all, we'd be here for a while. But for our Canadian listeners, hope you had a pleasant day. If you're like me, you spend it in front of the TV, vegging out and watching, you know, stick and puck. <laughs> now, which holiday are you celebrating today? Uh, in Ontario, it's the civic holiday. It used to be called Lord Simcoe Day. 
but that was abolished some time ago. We just used a more politically sensitive civic holiday. Happy Civic Day? Pretty much. <laughs> AKA, we didn't have a, a, a day off in August when the weather's good, so we just made one up. <laughs> so, um, speaking of uh, provinces in Canada, uh, Ontario, one of the two host provinces for the NHL right now. And NHL is a big topic that we always talk about one way or the other in every podcast because of Neff's passion for the game, which right now uh, trumps, uh, as we said, uh, another popular sport from down here. Yes, well, as we said, so far, the bubble or containment field, or whatever you want to call it, is holding mm-hmm. in Toronto and Edmonton, which is a good thing. Uh, it is a little weird hearing the, this, the the broadcast as it is. I mean, the visuals, they've managed to make the visuals nicer because they cover and they, you know, isolate cameras so it doesn't look quite as weird. But the mm-hmm. sounds are a little bit odd especially when a player gets injured. Oh. Because you hear noises you normally would never hear in a full <laughs> normal broadcast. And that oh, doesn't no. include the stuff that they, you know, quickly hit the bleep button on. So, <laughs> yeah, that's sort of like, you got to get used to that. Not for broadcast. Nope, nope, nope. This, this is like, you know, I know you have the cough button and you, you, you liberally use it when you need to, but it's like, Bang, bang, bang. And yeah. Like, there have been a couple of games where it's like, I think somebody broke their finger on it, frankly. <laughs> well, what do you think of uh, the atmosphere in Scotiabank Arena right now? The whole arena kind of looks like a glorified video game. Yeah, well, to be honest, some some games involving the local team, it's been about that quiet. <laughs> <laughs> you haven't been doing so well? Well, we had our first real game uh, last night against Columbus. And the local team, which is Toronto, willingly walked into Columbus's trap with open arms and said, kick us. <laughs> By that I mean, Columbus plays what I like to call a structured defensive game. Mm-hmm. AKA, will put you to sleep better than any sleep aid you could ever get your hands on. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, Toronto, with all their offensive firepower, should have, you know, simply blazed a trail through and gone you know what, we're going to turn this into a video game since it looks like one anyway and tried to blow the opposing goalie into submission. Nope. <laughs> they literally just, you know, wandered in and Columbus said, no, go away. And Toronto said, okay, fine. <laughs> Not like the other series I'm really watching, which is Winnipeg and Calgary, where there's been bad blood. There's been injuries. And, you know, I think that one is going to go the full five only because they hate each other's guts so much, they won't leave the ice any other way. You're talking about best of five, because all of this now is single elimination. No round robins, no conferences or anything. Well, okay, here's the setup. It's a little wonky. For the division winners, okay, they're in right now a round robin, okay, to determine the seeding for the next round. Okay. This is the play-in round for the rest of the teams, okay, including the ones that were invited, Okay. Uh, You know, the ones who were close but didn't quite make it. So Uh that's a best of five series. That's the first time we've had that since the 80s. Okay. okay? Because they've all gone to seven because, of course, seven's greater than five, which means, of course, more for the owners, more money. Right. So anyways, uh, this is the quick and dirty series where if you go down to nothing, you're probably toast. Yeah. Hello, New York Rangers. You're you're being toasted as we speak. 
Sorry, Jer. I had to put that in there because I actually sat through that game and I went, okay, New York knows what they have to do now. They're not going to let Carolina do what they did to them last time. Oh, nope. They managed to make, make it through a period. And then Carolina said, you know what? No. And whacked <laughs> them upside the head. They're, um, when's the next game with the Islanders? That's in a few days, right? I think so. Let me just check my handy-dandy phone, which is over here. I, I have all my equipment here, folks, but I don't always have, you know, the immediate access <laughs> to it. So let me just check the schedule. Mm-hmm. Yeah, according to NHL.com on the phone, da-da-da-da, when do the Islanders play next? Uh, no, they play tomorrow. Okay. At 12 noon. Oh, Yes, that's the other fun thing, folks. Because they're trying to shove as many games through the system as they can, they literally, like today, for example, they've had, I think they're going to have six games total. Wow. A couple of which are playing simultaneously, one in Toronto and one in Edmonton due to the time difference. (laughs) Okay. So it it can get very strange for a hockey junkie like me going, hockey, 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 hockey. Wait a minute. Am I stuck, or is this Groundhog Day, or am I in heaven? <laughs> <laughs> you have to add your picture-in-picture picture there. Well, funny thing is, though, unless you use the NHL's app, you can't do that. I've been <laughs> tempted, though. It's like, okay, I bought you know uh, the app, but it's like, you know what? I'd rather fu- fully concentrate on games right now as opposed to like the, sli- f- the flipping back and forth. Mm-hmm. Especially because a couple of the games that aren't like being pushed, Vegas and Dallas, which is like mm-hmm. a play-in game, or a round robin game, rather. Uh-huh. I watched a bit of it, and I'm going, "That's those two are nasty." If they, they will eventually meet, maybe at some point, and if that goes to a full seven game series, ooh, <laughs> that that could be, you know, like break out the body bags in Edmonton. Yikes! Yeah. So NHL is in good shape now. Meanwhile, baseball has what a quarter of the teams uh, not playing right now, and. Uh, uh, the star outfielder of the New York Mets who keeps getting injured, kind of just walking out, right? Yeah. I mean, when you have one of your star players eventually, essentially say, you know what? I'm watching this gong show, this tire fire, whatever you want to call it. I'm out <laughs> for the rest of the year. You guys, you guys figured it out yourselves. Mm. You know? Although, allegedly, this particular player told his teammates, which never apparently went to management, which is why management was putting on an APB going, where is he? We don't know where he is. <laughs> oh. So, yes. And no, nobody seems very optimistic, at least my coworkers, with regards to uh, the longevity of the baseball season this year. I, I, I'm saying it now, like at this rate, after hearing about the latest team to get you know shut down by COVID, I'm going, the chances of the Jays actually needing their, state, their, their new stadium and their temporary home in Buffalo – <laughs> supposed to be next week. Uh-huh. The odds have gone down from 100% to about 75 and falling by the day. <laughs> As the weeks go by, uh, I'm sure there will be uh, new news in sports. Uh, some will be good news. Some will be bad news. It all depends on uh, however this uh, pandemic goes. Um, there is one potential casualty of the pandemic coming out of japan and they haven't given an official reason but i think all fingers will probably point to the pandemic and uh 
the small amount of people and visitors in the particular area where this is. Uh, we're talking about uh, Akihabara in Tokyo, a place that is uh, dear to our hearts, as you know, from Neff's trip and from my four trips. I've gone to Akihabara every single time and had a blast. Uh, Neff's had a blast uh, when we were there uh, going through the um, machines and either playing arcade games or getting stuff out of a vending machine. Uh, what are they called again? Uh, the gacha capsules, right? Yes, the gacha capsules or the crane games, which frankly I think are a ripoff because I remember <laughs> putting way too much money in those things and getting absolutely bumpkiss, zero, <laughs> zilch, and nada. So we're going to talk about those games um, also in a little bit. But the big news coming out of Akihabara, which is very sad because this is a place I've visited every single time, and I'm sure a lot of visitors to the area have visited. Uh, the closure of one of Akihabara's uh, most important landmarks, the Sega Arcade. The Sega Arcade, um, which uh, does a lot of advertising known for its uh, billboards on the corner of the street uh, where it's located. Um, it's going to be closing at the end of this month. Uh, and the only way that this was announced was through like a small message posted at the doors of the entrance of the arcade. Um, the arcade um, had been closed during the spring when the Tokyo government closed non-essential businesses because of coronavirus pandemic. Uh, they recently reopened, but uh, again, even though their notice doesn't give the reason I think one would have to say that the lack of people visiting Akihabara and Tokyo and Japan, for that matter, and people not even traveling, uh, that was probably the death knell for that location. And uh, it's probably going to be affecting a lot of other things as well. Yeah, and considering that, if I remember, I'm remembering correctly, because correctly, again, it was about seven years ago now, mm. that arcade didn't give you a lot of room to move around. Yes. So the, the, the fact of the matter is, even if they took out, I think, maybe a half to two-thirds of the machinery in there mm -hmm. and tried to make a go of it like that, I don't think they could, to be honest. Right. Yeah. So you think it might have also been a size issue? I, I think so, because, you know... Watching things slowly reopen in these parts, they're taking the, the physical distancing thing very, very seriously. Right. In fact, we have a palladium. I think I, I, the last time, either the time before the, uh, the time before that, when you were up here, I took you to that. And right. I haven't seen it open, and I don't think it's going to reopen. I, I have this really thing that that's going to go the, the way of the dodo bird, too. Oh, no. Yeah, because as I recall, that layout it was also pretty packed. I see. That that's a real shame. Mm. Yes, well, it's the new reality, folks, and it sucks. <laughs> but we'll get yeah. through this. Much like I got through setting up a new computer, mm -hmm. and I've forgotten how much I hate doing that. Not the physical <laughs> connection stuff, because that's uh -huh. thing all on its own, right? Right. We're talking about turning it on for the very first time and getting a usable computer, okay? <laughs> now, this is one of those little tiny ones you use for home theater, but it has an i7 chip, 8th generation, fairly powerful, with 16 gigs of RAM and 
half a half a gig solid state drive. So a fairly decent okay. machine. Right. From the time I turned it on the first time, the first time I pushed the button, mm-hmm. till the time I actually got a usable computer. How long <laughs> do you think how long do you think it took? Uh half an hour. No. Couldn't have been. Higher. Sixty minutes. Higher. Two hours. Bingo. Two freaking hours. And this was a well-known manufacturer. We're not talking some, you know, tiny little thing that eventually shows up on your doorstep and has an imprint living in it. So it's like two hours. That's insane. And this is a computer that uh, fits in the palm of your hand, basically. Yeah, basically it's a little bit bigger than your typical iPhone. Or in this case, iPhone XS Max. Uh A little bit bigger than that. And it's quiet, and it actually does, after you finally get it all set up, everything I needed to do with not quite the strain of the last little computer I had kicking around on my t- attached to my TV. Mm. So it's all, it's all just for the purpose of uh, maintaining your uh, home entertainment equipment. Yes, because, of course, with the streaming services being kneecapped by Apple, the <laughs> Apple TV box doesn't work for me any doesn't work for me. Because there are many titles that you will not see on Apple TV that you will gladly see if you attach a PC to your computer to your uh, TV. Uh. Yes. The other thing I noticed is that this thing is a little bit more, shall we say, forgiving when connected to my stereo system. I actually get full 5-1 surround out of oh. a lot of things. Which, nice. is why, which is why my comments earlier about, you know, hearing things, you know, in, during the hockey game, you normally wouldn't hear mm-hmm. because, you know, you're hearing now from all the speakers. They have, you know, scads of speakers and cameras scattered about, mm-hmm. including stuff that, you know, they have to reach for the button. You mm-hmm. know the button I'm talking about, JR. The, <laughs> the, the cough button, they call it in the industry, I believe. <laughs> but going back to... Um... The uh, situation in Akihabara, uh, well, I guess it's separate news, but maybe it's a situation really of one door closing and another door opening because, as you shared with me a few days ago, uh, Akihabara Station, which is one of the major JR train stations in Tokyo, uh, they have opened a new, uh, what they call the Canele Stand, and it is filled with... uh, over 150 gotcha capsule machines geared toward adults. Yeah, and I, I saw when I shared the story with Jared initially, I saw some of the more interesting things they were, you know, uh, in those little capsules, including a working fan, like a little mm-hmm. electric fan. And I'm going, that's both cute and frightening that, you know, I don't know how much these things will be. I mean, the last time I used a capsule machine, again, in Japan... I think the most I spent was maybe 200, 200 uh, yen, maybe 300. But I'm wondering how, right. much, how much these things would, would go for. What, what would these, you uh, I'm reading in the article here, the, each of these machines is 200 yen. Okay, so that's not too bad, but it's more like, it's like, what are you getting out of these things? You're like, okay, a little huh. electric fan that's useful and a few other little things. Although, mm-hmm. as, as I read the story and I'm trying to remember... They they got what they think was supposed to be an ice ice like a shaved ice making machine. It didn't quite pan out. 
But um, looking at some of the um, the things that they have, uh, they have uh, calligraphy tools, um, small telephone poles, Buddha statues, hanging scrolls, fishing equipment, and um, they also sell apparently mini hokusai goods, which uh, hokusai. Um, those are the um, the wooden block prints, basically. that are very famous uh, from like the um, uh, I, guess, I think late 1700s, early 1800s. Hmm. Hokusai was the name of the uh, one of the I know the most influential uh, artist in that trade. Okay, now assuming that that, that would be that would be a reason to visit Japan again. <laughs> Because I, I, like, uh, I like playing with those capsule toy machines just to see what you're going to get. Yeah. One of the, um, one of the uh, ones uh, that one person got on Instagram, uh, they posted it, a tiny fan, but it actually works. Mm-hmm. Turn on the switch, and the fan actually turns on. Yeah, I, I saw that, and I was going, again, cute, interesting, <laughs> but weird as all heck. Yeah. So um, this is apparently on uh, track five, if I read the map correctly. Oh, no, platform six. Track six at Akihabara Station, which is where the Sobu line runs. It's one of the east-west trains that goes uh, through Tokyo, the local. Um, When you get there is another story in itself, I think. Mm, Yeah, I was going to say that 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 looks to be maybe a 2021 thing. After the Olympics, let's... If they even happen. Think good thoughts, JR, or in this case, knock on wood, that, you know, we can manage to have the Olympics. I hope so, too, yeah. Um, Again, uh, the the situation with the coronavirus pandemic is changing by the day. Um, But, yeah, it's hitting everybody, including a lot of uh, airlines all over the world. Um, both of the Japanese airlines reported um, quarter-to-quarter loss uh, between $900 million and $1 billion each. Ouch. And we're talking about uh, Japan Airlines and All Nippon, respectively. Mm. The fact that uh, the entry restrictions remain in place for a good portion of the entire world... Uh, that's not helping things, and that those restrictions are remaining in place. I have a funny feeling the way things are going, uh, Neff, you might be able to go to Japan sooner than I will. Yeah. Unless I hang out with you for two weeks. <laughs> well, hey, you know. Uh, let me just see. Yeah, here we go. Uh, oh, it was even – the numbers for our major national carrier were even are even more dire than I had originally reported. It's Uh-oh. actually 1.75 billion loss in US. Uh, I think the story says it as Canadian dollars, but that's still okay. But over, still, it's yeah, still over a billion dollars. <laughs> it's like yikes. Yeah. No, and you know, seeing how Canada, you know, is slowly. But the weird part is, Canada's being allowed in, but Canada still hasn't reciprocated with a lot of countries yet. Right. Which which leads to a really weird juxtaposition because, for example, and I'll use an example, I could go to Switzerland now. Right. And I don't think I'd need to be quarantined. But mm-hmm. if I came back, 
I have to quarantine 14 days. Ah, yeah. So it's like, huh? But yeah. the government is being, you know, some would say overly cautious, but right. I look at here, I look down where you be, JR, <laughs> and I go, <laughs> yikes. Yeah. Well, southern U.S., I think, especially is the problem right now. Um, north, northeast is not as bad as it was. But, uh, you know, as long as people make the right decisions, we can either go the right way or the other way. Yeah, it just, it just would help if those making the decisions at the higher levels mm-hmm. would listen to a scientist mm-hmm. as opposed to trying to play one on TV. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the most politically correct way of of explaining the entire situation down there jr that's all i can say yeah but hey um testing for coronavirus is still progressing still trying to improve uh once they let you into japan um now they're offering expedited covid testing um so now um what is it Uh, it used to be in japan uh, you had to wait two days, and then if you're clear, you quarantine. Um, and the two days is probably the typical wait for a lot of people now, depending on where you are. Um, Japan was able to bring it down to six hours waiting time for the nasal test, the nasal swab, um, tested at the airports. Now they're going to reduce it even further to a uh, self-serve saliva test, basically. Okay, if my choices are spit in a cup or get something rammed up into my brain, <laughs> I'm spitting in that cup. Thank you very much. <laughs> but now they've apparently they've developed a technology which they're going to deploy at uh, at least Narita and probably the other major airports in due time, where you you either spit or you just take a swab and you swab your saliva. And then you hand it to the person testing it so there's less risk of an infection. And then instead of waiting six hours, you'll wait in the airport in social distanced areas, basically. They'll make you comfortable. And you only have to wait two hours. And then if you're negative, then you can leave the airport and start your quarantine. Okay. I can see that. Please deploy that, you know, worldwide because, like I said, <laughs> the thought of getting my brain stabbed – to go into a country, just no. Right. Um, but still, again, Japan still has to lift the entry restrictions, which is not happening for the foreseeable future. Um, soon, I think I mentioned on the last uh, show, um, they're going to allow business travel and uh, permanent residents uh, to re-enter, uh, but they'll still have to go through the testing and the quarantine phase. There's also a plan, apparently, if you have a lot of money and are a CEO of a major company, although this is only what I've read in the news reports, um, if you have a private jet capable of flying to Japan, for 99% of us, we'd have to stop right there, but I'm going to continue with the story. Um, If you have a private jet and you need to travel to Japan for business purposes, You have to have a negative COVID test before you leave, and then you fly to Japan, do your business, and then 72 hours, you have to fly back. 
So basically, Jeff Bezos, Bill Gates, and everybody else can go. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that that's helpful. <laughs> and again, when you ha- when you fly back, you probably have to quarantine back home anyway. Probably. But the 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 difference though with the entry ban for Japan is that it pertains it they're not singling out specific nationalities. Um they're singling out um where you've been in the last 14 days. Although another side effect is that a lot of the um Visa-free exemptions have been ended, so you you will have to pick up a visa in most cases. Canada and the U.S. for some reason they left the visa exemption in place, but there's still an entry ban. Um, so, let's say for example they lift the ban in Canada before they lift the ban in the U.S. So technically, if I were to stay in Niagara Falls, Ontario for two weeks, I've clear the requirements and then I could go back to Japan. <laughs> yeah, but two weeks in Niagara Falls, there's only so much rushing water you can watch. Exactly. <laughs> and I think we've just about hit halfway, JR. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to throw us into a quick break. And Very good. We'll be right back and we'll talk about various other things, including an anime that I just picked up from this season. Yes, mm-hmm. I finally caught up to this season, folks, even around <laughs> the hockey, and yeah. we'll talk about that when we're back in about a minute. See you then. This is The Extreme Anime Radio Podcast. And welcome back to the Extreme on Radio Podcast. I'm Nef Canuck, he's JR, and we're back. Hello, everybody. Uh, we'd like to remind everybody that the Extreme Anime Radio Podcast is available on Anchor at anchor.fm forward slash anime radio. You can also hear the Extreme Anime Radio Podcast on a variety of podcasting platforms such as Google Podcasts, Apple, Spotify, TuneIn, and a few others. All you have to do is search online for the Extreme Anime Radio Podcast. You'll get your options, or you can just visit anchor.fm forward slash anime radio. They're hosting the podcast for us, and we're very grateful. Uh, You can stream them right there, or if you have a particular podcasting platform that you enjoy, um, then you can um, just look for that uh, feed on that page to your particular platform, and then plug it in, and you'll be able to listen to us. Emma Castiel says hello, by the way. Says hi to all the listeners and to you, Neff. Well, say hi back to her. I mean, I realize it's pretty late for her right now, and she's probably fighting the battle of keeping her eyelids open. (laughs) Especially when she hears my voice, because my voice apparently puts people to sleep. (laughs) Funny. Oh, I'm sorry about that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I should point out, Emma Castiel. has done brand new, socially distanced Sariyoshita cosplay photos. And we're posting those on uh, Instagram and on the Sariyoshita mascot page on Facebook. So uh, please check them out. Uh, uh, Sarah is... Uh, Sarah. Emma. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. No, no, no. I'm going to leave that in. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Slip of the tongue, but no. 
One, one of the hashtags uh, that she uses is Sari Yoshida on tour, which I think is very nice. But, um, but yeah, she, um, with her, her good friend Stephen over in uh, Yorkshire, um, whom I met last year when I visited uh, the UK, um, um, they got together and uh, she got some new photos. And uh, I believe she's in the process of getting more arranged. So uh, we do appreciate uh, Emma Castiel for taking the time to do those to help promote our podcast and the Sarayoshida cosplays in general. Um, if you would like to look her up, um, she's on Facebook. She's on Instagram. Um, the name of her page is Cosplay Life. So I believe her Facebook address is facebook.com forward slash Emma Sarah Cosplay. Um, and on Instagram, it's at cosplay underscore life 23. I might or might not have the underscore in the right place, but I believe that's what it is. Uh, if I'm wrong, I'm sure she will uh, correct me. But uh, Emma Castiel, thank you very much. And uh, yes, uh, very, very happy that she's uh, a part of the Extreme Anime Radio podcast family uh so anime news uh well i've been struggling to keep up uh with ace of diamond although my time recently has been just being glued to youtube and watching videos for a particular game that's going to be coming out in a couple of weeks um Emma said that I was right, by the way. Um, I'm going to get to the YouTube videos in a moment. Um, I'm now up to episode 20 of Ace of Diamonds, so I still have a long way to go. Uh, Agent Sawamura is uh, still making his way through first year at Sado. Uh, so I'm having fun watching that. And I've made the joke already. It's baseball I can actually enjoy as opposed to what's going on now. Yes, because it won't be struck down by the COVID monster. <laughs> um, now, what about you, Neff? You said you finally caught up on uh, current anime like I can't. <laughs> well, yes. Um, from this season, Uzeki-chan wants to hang out. Now, this one is a slice of life um, with two characters and then the characters that, you know, gravitate around them. Our male character is your typical brooder slash loner. Uh, he basically is in college and it's actually refreshing to have, you know, somewhat grown up characters. Um, the, the female male character, Uzeki-chan, she is a little dynamo and tries her hardest to, you know, get the male MC to, you know, open up, be a bit more, you know, forthcoming and more friendly. Every time he basically forgets, his face turns into, you know, a scowl from a wanted poster, but whatever. <laughs> and so it, it comes to that where it's like, okay, she's so full of energy that you, you, you wonder, okay, can I pull the batteries out? Can I like, like stop you somehow? <laughs> because within five minutes, that's the first thing you're going to think of. But then you realize that part of it is that the charm of the show is that she's that way because mm. she tries to, you know, involve him, get him more, you know, 
Now, not to say she doesn't have her quirks. Uh, one of her otter quirks is the fact that, you know, she she's about maybe five foot something, mm-hmm. if that. Right. And uh, let's just say, to be, again, politically correct, she has a very unique build to the point <laughs> where her shirt means great huge in English. Okay. Do we have to go any further? I was going to say, if you can't figure it out by that point, folks, I am not spelling it out any (laughs) further than that. Thank you very much. Okay. Okay, then. So one of my favorite scenes, they go to a batting cage. Male MC, you know, is getting frustrated. And meanwhile, she's sitting there snickering at him, da-da-da-da. Then she says, okay, let me try. Okay. Mm -hmm. So she goes in there. Her first swing. Now... She forgets the very first thing you do when you're going to do, you know, the batting cage. What do you think Uh that is? What's that? Warm up. Oh. She does no warm ups whatsoever, plants her feet, and gives the biggest Aaron Judge impression she can. (laughs) She She tries to crank it. The only thing that happens, she misses the ball. She turns, and you hear an earth-shattering crack. And down she goes. Oh, no. Because she basically, at that point, threw out her back. It's like, oh. I mean, I heard that, and my back went, yeah, don't do that. (laughs) And here's the male MC berating her as she's laying there, and I'm just going, dude, I think you might want to, you know, get her some medical attention because she is not (laughs) looking good. She's not sounding good. Yeah. And it's like, oh, dear. <laughs> Slice of Life shows are always my favorite. Mm. Yes, I, th- I think you'll enjoy this one when you get a chance to see it. It's on Funimation. I don't believe it's on other platforms right now. So, uh, yeah, you'll have to check out Funimation. Um, but like I said, it's, it's so refreshing to actually have the full access to the full Funimation catalog as opposed to the nerfed Apple TV catalog. <laughs> I wonder if anime titles... Or a good majority of them are listed on that website called Just Watch. Are you familiar with that? Haven't heard of that. Justwatch.com. And I think they have multiple pla- um, multiple um, pages depending on what country you're in. But essentially, it will tell you if you type in the name of a TV show or a movie, it will tell you where you can watch it. And whether it can be streamed for free or you can rent it or buy it outright. Now, does that go by country? Because, of course, licensing can be different from country to country. I believe that goes by country. Now, here's the next question. Do they break up U.S. and Canada? I am on the U.S. site. But, yes, if you scroll down all the way to the bottom, there is a section for Canada. Justwatch.com slash CA. Okay, because... As I found out over the years, there are some titles that, while freely available in the U.S., in Canada, nobody's picked up the license, and they separated it. Instead of being North America, they said U.S. and Canada, and no one bothered to pay the Canadian fees. <laughs> uh, oh, yes. Okay. Example, they do list Sailor Moon. Mm-hmm. And uh, let's see. You can watch... Uh... They only list Hulu for Sailor Moon. So um, I'm wondering, isn't isn't it on Crunchyroll as well? Um, when you say Sailor Moon, are you talking Crystal? The original. The original. Uh, the original is available, I believe, on Tubi TV up here. 
Okay. I think, yeah. So, again, the licensing morass that is Canada versus the U.S. is, <laughs> is so frustrating at times. You just, right. I tear out my hair if <laughs> I had any. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, I was, um, I'm trying to ke- catch up on stuff, and I'm always gravitating myself to these videos for this game called Flight Simulator that I believe I did mention on the last show, didn't I? I believe you did, and when you told me the price of the Hyper Deluxe Edition, I just sort of... <laughs> the Hyper Deluxe. <laughs> well, I'm sorry. It should come with a pilot's hat for that money. I'm sorry. Yeah. I've seen a lot more videos in the last few days than in the last several months, and that is because um, Flight Simulator is releasing August 18th, and a few days ago, they want to close beta. So those who are part of the alpha phase... And those who were handed press copies of the final alpha version are no longer bound by non-disclosure agreements. So now there's, uh, I believe, a flight simulator hashtag going on on YouTube right now. Mm. And I'd be curious to see how many of these people have the maximum or the hyper maximum specs, I call them, for, for this particular game. Um, so far in all the videos I've seen, one. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, and I'm curious. Um, and and it's like, okay, is this press or is this like your normal a normal human being? Yeah, no, it's a normal human, I believe. Okay, I was gonna say no press, no press flunky has the, has that kind of scratch for that kind of machine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So I, d- I remember d- mentioning on the last show uh, that I'm looking into maybe getting a gaming computer. Unfortunately, I'm going to have to wait until I get home before I can look into making that a reality, if it becomes a reality. Uh, but among the great flight simulator news I heard over the last few days is that flight simulator will be available on Steam. So hopefully, knock on wood, I'll be able to play it on multiple computers, including... The laptop I'm using now. Hmm. Hmm. So it probably won't be as good as it can be on a laptop, but I do have a, a Core i7 CPU mobile version. I do have a 6 gigabyte GeForce GTX graphics card mobile edition. I only have 16 gigs of RAM. Is there anything I can do to maybe improve this a little bit? Long story short, over the last couple of days, I spent uh, $150 on a couple of new extras to uh, improve my laptop. I'm doubling my RAM to 32 gigabytes, and I'm buying a new gamepad to replace uh, the Xbox um PC gamepad that I brought up with me that is sort of acting a little strange. Um, So I will have those items in hand this week in advance of uh, the release of Flight Simulator at the end of next week. And it's very interesting, um, all these little tips and tricks that these uh, video presenters are showing with regards to flight simulator um 
especially the fact that you can take off and land at any airport in the world. Um, and they also have, depending on the version you buy, a certain number of aircraft you can fly and a certain number of handcrafted airports. I remember, Neff, we spoke on the last show. You were um, bewildered, I guess, uh, to learn that uh, one of the airports they modeled is Billy Bishop City Airport in Toronto and not Lester B. Pearson International Airport in Toronto, the bigger of the two. Well, especially because some of the airplanes you can get in the more expensive version, Hyper Deluxe, would have no way in Hades of coming down safely at Billy Bishop. <laughs> none. Absolutely none. They would into the drink. Unless, I, unless you had maybe like a private jet... And I believe I'm getting a couple of private jets with the flight simulator. I was going to say, as long as we're not talking like heavy commercial aircraft, you're fine. Yeah. But if you want to put a Dreamliner down at Billy Bishop, <laughs> nope, <laughs> no. nope, 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 that's not happening. We'd have to, we have to add more uh, fake land and upset the environmentalists more, right? Yeah, they're already, you know, having, you know, snit fits over. You want to bring more planes in? <laughs> Even though they're newer and quieter, you want to bring more. Yeah. Mm. One of the videos I saw, and I really didn't pay much attention, but it leads me more into trying to figure this out. Guy flew from uh, City Airport to Pearson in Flight Simulator. And it, the uh, layout of the land looked very, very realistic. So... I'm curious to visit a few locations and see if I can spot people's houses and see how they look in Flight Simulator. I, I was going to say, if you can somehow manage to to find the Neff Cave in Flight Simulator, I, I will be very impressed. <laughs> um, they use AI technology, artificial intelligence, to try to uh, map out what it believes uh, most of these buildings look like, uh, buildings they don't have like data for. They'll just make a guess. So maybe your Neff Cave will look like a, a four-story hotel. Who knows? I, I was going to say, and you'd be flying very low, so it better be a small plane, because if it's a large one, <laughs> yipe! Hold on, I'll get the 747. <laughs> yeah, the Dreamliner, you know, the four <laughs> seven eight seven ten. you know. <laughs> but um, I do want to give a quick shout-out to some of my friends who've offered advice on uh, computer systems I should be looking into as far as builds go. Uh, I'm getting a lot of suggestions that I should maybe ditch optical drives, like the conventional hard drives, in favor of uh, the next generation of solid-state drives. Well, yes. I mean, I can tell you, for somebody who's, who's gone to solid-state many moons ago, um, the boot-up time is much faster. Right. Uh, data transfer is much faster. Uh, the only thing is, as I warned you, and I'll warn everybody else, solid mm -hmm. state drives usually have two states, working and dead, with, <laughs> with n almost no warning. You might get a warning that something isn't right, but oftentimes you'll just power it up one day and nothing. You have no drive whatsoever. Hmm. So you want to make sure you have a very solid, reliable backup plan in place for, you know, the possibility that something would go wrong. And so I, like a flash drive? No. Ironically enough, I would say a mechanical drive. In other words, a hard, a hard drive and just have it, you know, 
copy, you know, do a backup onto that. And then that way, should your solid state drive go, you can say, okay, I can take it from the hard drive and put it back on a new solid state drive. All right. What I was looking at initially was a one terabyte solid state and a two terabyte uh, regular hard drive. Yeah, that that would be what most people would do. Uh, mm-hmm. I went a little bit different because I went for two solid state drives, one for my OS and then one for my program data because I have a reliable backup, right? Okay. That I use that I use regularly. I have scripts set up. It's all automatic. I don't have to think about it. So, so it's just solid state for just the operating system and nothing else. Well, when I say operating system, I do mean programs as well. Okay. Like games and stuff go on the other solid state drive. Right? I see. So anything large that might, you know, take up enough space on the OS drive, which is, uh, okay, the OS drive is 500 megabytes and the, you know, fi- 500 gigabytes. What am I saying? Megabytes. Uh-huh. So 500 gigabytes and the uh, game slash data is 750 gigabytes. Mm-hmm. So a total of 1.2, 1.25 terabytes, roughly. Mm-hmm. You know, as I said, it works um, when it comes time to replace this old beast, which is probably sooner rather than later. <laughs> well, especially because now I'm noticing it with the new little guy I have out in my uh, home entertainment uh, center, which right. is th- five generations newer than what I have in my big box. <laughs> you know, it basically fires up, boom. With this thing from a dead stop, even with SSD drives, it has to think about it because there's a lot of things it has to try and do. All right. So, yeah. We have a question from Flax in the chat room. Is there a National Transportation Safety Board in Flight Simulator? Uh, No. What happens is if there is a problem and you crash for some reason, you just get a blank screen and you get a pop-up saying you crashed the airplane. What? No wreckage? No screaming? Like, what? No. Come on. No. Unlike the other flight simulators, which did have wreckage back when I played them when I was young, and that is an unfortunate fact. Uh, things have changed over the years, obviously. And now if anything happens, if you crash the plane or if you overstress the plane, you get it. You, you, you get X'd out. Yeah. So not even so. Okay. Cause I remember doing this as a kid. Okay. Like, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm going to name myself here. And I used to try to see, okay, what would it take to stress the plane to the point where, you know, you might lose, Yes. Critical parts, especially wings. And I'm yeah. going, when it happens, you're like, oh, wow. And then you're like, <laughs> oh, no, here comes the ground. <laughs> well, no, there is, um, there is a tick uh, to turn off crashes and stress damage um, if, you, if you want to. So Yeah, I think that was an option even back in the day if you were a novice pilot or you just didn't <clears throat> want to crash. As I right. said, with me, it was like, okay, how much can this plane take before disaster strikes? Right. Get into those moods. But uh, no, um, I'm really looking forward to trying it out. Uh, maybe by the next time, yeah, our next podcast is going to be after it's released. So maybe I'll have a few days under my belt and let everybody know how it turns out. Um, I'm looking forward to my ideal uh, plan right now is to do an around-the-world trip and flight simulator because that will be better than right now doing an actual around-the-world trip. <laughs> I've got a whole list of uh, destinations in mind. Uh, fly around my neck of the woods, maybe fly to Toronto, uh, Abilene, um, 
Las Vegas, Buena Vista, Colorado. We'll do a, a an Atlantic hopper to Doncaster, Sheffield, maybe. <laughs> I was going to say, if you, if you fly to Las Vegas, you can fly over the Raiders' new stadium, where they will have no fans for, for this coming <laughs> season, apparently. That, that's that's going to be interesting to see how that looks. Yeah, I, I've seen the renderings, and I'm going, if, it's, if it actually shows up and it actually looks like the renderings, that's both an insane monument to excess and pretty freaking cool. <laughs> yeah. Um, and one very interesting part of uh, the game that I saw in the videos before we kind of wrap things up, the fact that uh, if you want to go all Bob Ross, there is an AI pi- a co-pilot with you, s- supposedly, quote-unquote. So if you want to fly the plane, that's perfectly okay with you. If you just want to take off, and land the plane and leave everything else to the co-pilot, you can turn on the AI co-pilot and the plane will fly on its own to wherever you want to go. Or if you just want to be all Bob Ross, let the AI just fly you from um, starting point to destination and just be a passenger. Well, let's see. There wouldn't be the TSA. There wouldn't be the brain swabs. Not a bad (laughs) deal. No, not at all. So when we're off the air, I'm probably going to plunk down $120 for that premium deluxe edition. I can enjoy it to an extent on this laptop. I don't think I'm going to get the super, uber, ultra graphics that they're touting. Even with the machine I'm probably looking into building next month, I'm probably not going to get the super, uber, duper graphics. It'll probably be very nice, but I, I, I just don't have... How expensive is the most expensive card? Like six, seven hundred, or something like that, or higher? Yeah, I think I priced it out, and I think by the time you got everything to the maximum hoity-toity specs, you were at like thirty-one hundred US. <laughs> which, as I said, oh, because that's like nearly four and a half to five grand Canadian plus taxes. <laughs> yeah, and uh, what did Emma say? Uh, in-game MO waves. There we go. We, we should just do like a virtual tour. I'll I'll fly to uh, I'll fly to Texas, pick up somebody. I'll, I'll fly to Colorado, pick up somebody. I'll fly to you, pick you up, and we'll just hop over virtually around the world. We'll go to South America. Say hi to Polichow while we're at it. Yeah, why not? Oh, if you decide to go to, go to uh, my ancestral home of Switzerland, just remember you have to make a very sharp right turn when you're landing at the main Zurich airport. Or you will become part of the mountains very violently and very quickly. <laughs> How high is it up there? Uh, let me see. To get past that mountain, you basically have to do a 90 So when you're coming in. So you've really got to be on the ball. Otherwise, you will hit one of the bigger mountains. I can't remember which one it is. <laughs> but yeah, you'll go smack into the side of a mountain, which, no, that wouldn't be fun. Oh, boy. Well, uh, hopefully, as I said on the next podcast, uh, we will... Uh... I'll give you a better review, at least, of how Flight Simulator is uh, doing on my laptop. And hopefully I'll be able to enjoy that to my heart's content to pass the time uh, while I'm up here uh, and not busy. Uh, I'm already three weeks down, five weeks to go. I believe five weeks from today, uh, my place closes for the summer and then I drive home. That will be our Labor Day. Um, so it will be nice to 
drive back home and uh, rest on my own bed and uh, live life normally for a change. <laughs> well, yeah, it'll be nice to get back to your normal environs because, of mm-hmm. course, while Saratoga is a lovely place, I'm sure you know it doesn't have that same feel and vibe as New York City proper. Definitely, definitely. Um, so as we close things out, once again, I'd like to thank everybody for listening. Um, if you would like to follow us on social media, um, Neff will give you all the options on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter right now. Okay. If you'd like to get in touch with us, you can reach out to us via Gmail at uh, extremeanradio at gmail.com for our email. Uh, for Facebook, it's facebook.com forward slash anime radio. You can hit us up with a private message there or on Twitter at anime radio or twitter.com forward slash anime radio. And we're on Instagram at extreme anime radio. If you'd like to um, see the page for the extreme anime radio mascot, Sarah Yoshida, uh, it is facebook.com forward slash anime radio mascot. The next podcast we're scheduling right now for the 19th of August. Um, depending on how well this night goes, that may be subject to change. So do follow us on social media for all the latest updates. Also, a quick word about animeradio.net. I'm not sure when it's happening, but there is a possibility that we're going to uh, basically forward animeradio.net over to the uh, podcast page. So if that happens, we'll probably be making some other provisions uh, uh, with regards to uh, finding us online, accessing our live feed, and uh, we'll become a little bit more reliable on social media uh, in that instance. So please do follow us on social media for all the latest news and updates. Anything else, sir, or is that a show? Uh, I think that was a show. And before we go, uh, I'd like to thank you all for listening and tuning in. And remember, keep on listening for the Extreme on Radio podcast. For JR, I'm Neff Knuck, and we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening, everybody. See ya. See ya.